You know, if you haven't checked out What Chaos yet, you oughta, because we've had all your favorite players on the show. I'm talking Seth Jones, Lena Solmar, Connor Bedard, whoever it may be. We're live every day on YouTube at noon Eastern, but also available on all podcast platforms, including the one you're listening to right now. We got guests, and yeah, we're also doing a bit of chit-chat, goofing around, laughing at what makes us laugh in hockey. So regardless of how deep you are into your hockey fandom, Come listen to What Chaos. We'll talk about your favorite team. We'll talk about your least favorite team and everybody in between. And we're having a ton of fun doing it every single day, Monday through Thursday. It's What Chaos, presented by All City Network. Film on the Rocks is back, baby. Film on the Rocks has been Colorado's essential summer event for over 20 years. They feature live performances and movies under the stars at the iconic Red Rocks Park and Amphitheater. The summer series combines some of the best in culture, views, and cult classics. It's a movie experience like no other. These viewings fill up fast, so make sure you get your tickets ASAP. NVR Avalanche Podcast presented by DraftKings Sportsbook, the number one rated sportsbook app out there. Use code DNVR when you sign up for a new account. I'm your host, Rudo, joined by Evan Rao, as AJ is still getting settled up in Canada. We're here today to start drifting into the conversation of the expansion draft and the upcoming entry draft as well. Not going to fully dive in, but we want to look a little bit at the trade market around it and see maybe there's a way the Avs can take advantage. It's going to be tough for them this year, but it's going to be an interesting situation for a lot of teams, specifically a handful that may have trouble protecting all of their quality players. Obviously, we've talked about teams like Buffalo and Calgary in that regard, but there are a bunch of other options that maybe teams looking like they may have to protect eight skaters or maybe teams that have two goaltenders, other various options out there. Uh, first of all, Evan, how you doing? I'm all right. How about you? I'm doing well, <laughs> doing well. A little sore, helped my friends move the other day. So oh, I built a disc this weekend. So I'm oh, sorry. there you go. There you go. So it's that no, time of year, I guess. I played on Magnus last night, Magnus Arena, and I don't think they're paying their air conditioning bills this summer. Because- oh, the ice was just full of puddles the entire Uh-oh. game. Melty. A little melty. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah. Not never never the best ice when, when you ain't got no AC, but nope. <laughs> in any case. Um first of all, I wanna I wanna start with the Evs situation here because if they're going to take advantage of the expansion draft trade market, 
as much as I would love some of the often options that may be out there on the defensive side, it's going to be really hard for the Avs to get anything on the defensive side because of where they stand in the expansion draft, right? McCarr and Gerard are automatic protects. There's basically no thought about that. And then you have EJ's NMC, which assuming you wave it, that third spot has to go to Taves, right? Yep. And so, then, and then if you did trade for a defenseman, you're going forward, forward, and you're losing a forward, and it's just right. So. They're they're not going to expose down to four and four. They have five solid forwards at very least that they can definitely protect. So on that side of it, you can get into this weird conversation of like if you're confident that Seattle is is picking a forward, you can go get a mid rangey defenseman that probably makes you a little better but that seemed like a move to do for the abs after the expansion draft instead of just throwing out the risk on on that side of it yeah unless they're like 100 percent certain of who seattle would take it right. doesn't make a lot of sense so unfortunately that probably excludes them from situations like nashville's possibly who right now they have Yossi, who they have to protect with an NMC, but then they also have Ellis, Ekholm, possibly Dante Fabro as well. Um, one of those three has to be left exposed if they go 7-3-1, and one, or they would have to go eight skaters to protect all four of them. So it would be tough on that front for them to, to get involved on the defensive side of the market. But... It does open up plenty of options on the forward side. As we've talked about multiple times on the show, look, there's probably five solid guys the Avs protect in the forward front. Obviously the big three, then probably Kadri and Burakovsky. Um, Now after that, again, there's a lot of factors that could come into this. If Saad wants to stick around for a decent price, he's going to get protected. Then you have conversations about Joe Snachushkin and Donskoy probably for the last one or two spots. But I think it's certainly a lot easier, especially if Saad leaves, then you can pretty easily protect a Jost and a Nachushkin or a Donskoy and a Jost or something like that. It gets a little bit easier to maybe leave one of those guys exposed and acquire another forward. Um since we're already talking about Nashville, you can look at them again. Maybe they decided to do the eight skater method and protect both Fabro and call it Ekholm. That leaves a bunch of depth options. Now, let me start by asking you this, Evan. Is it even worth it for the Amps to really target depth forward options in a trade? Uh, it depends on the cost. I guess their salary cap and everything, but... I- Probably not, I would say, you know, especially because you're going to be looking at, I, I saw the guy they might be looking at is Victor Arvidsson. That'd be a guy maybe I'd think about, but expensive depth guys, no, I wouldn't say so. Okay. So, it, it, pretty tight, specific market for Colorado specifically when it comes to acquiring players. Um, before we get into the players, there's one other angle I do want to take a look at this from, and that is the Avs possibly using it to move something out. Um, look, we've talked multiple episodes of the show with rumors about how if the Avs free up some cap, maybe they can go get a Kachuk, maybe they can go get something valuable. 
how hard will it be for Colorado to find teams? Because when it comes to the expansion draft market, there's always going to be a team like a, a Detroit, um, a potentially by the time they blow it up a Buffalo that has cap space that is willing to take on contract value for picks or, you know, other potential players. So could the Avs look at this market and think of it as a way to free up some cap space? Yeah, there's just going to be such a limited amount of teams that can do that in the way that the market is right now that it's just going to be tough to do that. And I'm assuming we're talking about guys like, what, like a comper. Um, he's the one I would think because he's still relatively young that maybe some of these teams like a Troy would be like, okay, this is maybe a guy we could see helping for a few years, but uh, it's something they should be looking at, but it, I think it's going to be hard to take advantage of everything like that, just because it's such a limited amount of teams that can take something on. Sure. For, even as the cap hips, hits are projected now, there are nine or ten teams within $10 million of the cap before having signed all their internal guys. So, yes, obviously Seattle will be an option. It looks like Detroit, New Jersey, probably Buffalo if they want to move out their guys. Arizona is always in that conversation as teams that can kind of take on weight. But... Well, I guess I guess the question is, can other teams get in a little bit better on this market because of Vegas? Have teams learned their lesson from the last expansion draft to not give up the world to stop Seattle from picking a particular player? You would think so, but it sounds like that's not the case. Just from what I've been hearing is that teams are still going to be desperate to like protect a certain player and they'll give up something. I don't think it's going to be as many teams. Vegas hit the jackpot last time with a lot of teams just desperate to do it. But I think you're going to find a few teams that are still going to want to hold on to certain players and will be willing to give up something. So, yeah, just not as many dumb teams, but still some dumb teams. Not as many dumb teams. (laughs) All right. Uh, Baby steps, NHL. Baby steps. Um, And that, I guess that's... I. Hadn't really thought of this going into the show, but since we're here now, that's an option for Colorado too. Is is Colorado willing to give someone uh, something up to have Seattle target a comfort, a, a potentially an Eric Johnson? <clears throat> Again, speculation here. Obviously, we don't know who Seattle's going to want necessarily from Colorado, but. You look at that market and you say, well, if Seattle did take EJ's $6 million off of the Avs' hands, all of a sudden the Avs have a lot more flexibility. Yeah. Yeah, EJ, I could see if they were really set that, hey, you know, we need to get rid of this contract. That's the one I could see. I don't think they're so desperate that they need to get rid of JT Confer's contract, like, immediately. Sure. But six million on Eric Johnson, where you just never know what you're going to get, given the last several. I guess it's been a handful of years now where he gets hurt. So, but especially after last year, that's the one where you're like, okay, you know, maybe I could see them being willing to give something up to have that contract taken away from them. But other guys, 
you know, the three millions, I think they can live with that for now. They can find ways around the cap. We've seen the top teams do it. But the, if they can get rid of six million, that'd be big. And that's the one I could see them looking at if they have decided to move that direction with Eric. So would you look at maybe someone a little bit cheaper than like a Tyson Jost? Let's, let's say a world where the Avs find a way to keep Sod and they end up exposing Jost and Seattle is interested. What, uh, first of all, what do you think it would take to get Seattle to pick otherwise? And secondly, would you be willing to do it? <laughs> um, I guess it really just depends on how this organization views Jost because it really was this season where he kind of came up. Um, if, if we're thinking about what it would take to give him I guess protecting him. I'm thinking the, that the Avs would have to give up what, like a count or, you know, maybe one of their forward prospects who could step in and be a cheap option for Seattle moving forward. So that's what I would think. Maybe Timmons, actually. Timmons might be a guy that they would look at. So um, Jost did really fill a role, that 3C role that we knew was kind of a hole coming out of the season. So if the Avs were really that desperate and they did sign Saad uh, and they couldn't protect Jost, um, I, yeah, I could see them giving somebody up like that because they do have the depth to, I think, overcome, you know, giving up a, a Cout or somebody yeah. just to keep somebody like that. Cout, I could see. Timmons feels pretty steep. Um, you know, that's that's a guy who'd be playing in an NHL top six for most teams in the league, I think, but... Yeah, I have maybe a different opinion of Timmons than everyone else, so maybe that's, I guess, a differing opinion. But yeah, I, I mean, Cout obviously is. It's hard to really get any sort of feel of how the organization feels about that guy. Definitely, so yeah. Um, but yeah, I mean, the Avs have a lot of. I, mean, I shouldn't say a lot, but you consider they played friggin' Sample Ranta at a playoff game. Who yeah. they obviously like the guy, so they have other options up front that they could say, okay. We'll give you Cal, just don't take Jost. I mean, it's a normal thing, right? When when an NHL has the prospect depth that Colorado has, at the end of the day, a lot of the time they're not going to be able to find room for everyone, so you get value by moving them out. Mm-hmm. Uh, where they find that success maybe a little bit of a different story. A couple of chat questions here, Kevin asks. Graves or Don's going to Seattle? Uh those are two options for sure. I'd throw Comfort on there as well. Um, sure. And any of the $3 million players basically I think would be great for the Avs if if those were Seattle would target. Graves is the obvious one on the defensive side. Yeah, I think it'd be one of those two. I think Donskoy, Seattle's gone pretty heavy in the analytics and Donskoy's analytics aren't great. But yeah. It's kind of hard to ignore production sometimes. So, I mean, you can't have everybody drive play, right? Yeah. So I, I think it's going to be one of those two guys. I, as much as I think people would like them to take Comfort, I think he's a distant third at best there for them to take. All right. From our very own AJ Hayfley, he wants to know your opinion on Connor Timmons. <laughs> um, I just don't. To me, he does. He'll make a great. He'll make a really nice play and then follow it up with something really stupid almost immediately. I don't think he has the burst to separate himself a lot of time. So 
there are so many times, especially in the playoffs, where he'd he'd make a move around a guy, but then the guy would immediately catch him because he can't separate. So I think he's a good. I think he can be a good third pairing guy. I just I don't see him as a top four guy, and he's not somebody that I would say you know how absolutely untouchable moving forward. He's somebody that I could. His biggest asset right now is that he's a right shot to me because the Avs don't have a ton of that beyond Makar with the EJ being hurt all the time. So that's his biggest asset. I'm just not a huge Timmins fan. I think he's – I like the guy. He's a smart player. I'm just not sure if he's going to be able to be a top four defenseman, which is completely fine. I just um, – especially with what they have on defense right now, I just don't think he's going to be – Right. Well, that – He's kind of the guy you have. Okay, we have a lot of guys, and we have a top four set essentially with Byram coming in. That's right. the The thing is, it's kind of like pick the Avs young defenseman that you don't love, and maybe he should be an option because we already talked about Makar, Gerard, Taves, easy top three there. Uh, EJ can still function as a four or five kind of if he's healthy for you. You still have Graves if he doesn't get selected in an expansion draft, and then you round that out with Byram, and there's your six right there. Uh, it, it's easy to see where Timmons could lose a spot, as Chad has mentioned, with uh, Justin Barron potentially on the way in a year or two as well. Someone's expendable, probably. Yeah, and it's not a decision they have to make anytime soon because Timmons is, I would assume, just going to sign I don't see why he would get anything other than his qualifying offer. So yeah, uh, I'm just not probably as high on him as other people. Someone's got to be negative here, I guess. Uh, That's not even negative. That's just <laughs> he's <laughs> top four. <laughs> All right. We do have to take our first period break as we are brought to you by Breckenridge Brewery, the official beer of DNVR. You can get that down at the DNVR bar or pick it up at a local liquor store near you, unless you're in Canada, in which case you have to get it special delivered by AJ. But uh, yeah, I also have amazing seltzers. If you haven't tried those yet, highly recommend you find them. Use the Breck Beer Locator online to find them at a local liquor store near you. Also brought to you by Green Mountain Dental Group, just 15 minutes from downtown Denver. When you schedule a cleaning x-ray and exam with them, they'll hook you up with a free Sonicare toothbrush bunch of people have switched and loved it so yeah head on over to them let them know dnvr sent you over there as well and consider signing up for a dnvr membership get yourself a bunch of awesome merch to get the golf membership and get yourself this uh this sweet dnvr uh collared shirt as well as a bunch of other stuff big beers at the bar obviously our awesome content a bunch of other cool stuff as well Check us out. Help support us. Y'all know the drill by now. Second period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast presented by that DraftKings Sportsbook. Uh, one other question here real quick. Chris asks, do you think it would cost a first to move EJ's contract? Uh, considering the flat cap, uh, I, I mean, it wouldn't surprise me if it did cost a first or a high end. I mean, I, I don't know about a high end prospect, but more a first because, I mean, the Avs are going to be drafting, you would think, late in the first round. So it's not going to have us the value of a high end prospect. So I, I could see it. Yeah. Just because of how tight things are around the league and flat cap and everything. I don't know. What about you? Uh, yeah. I think 
I think it definitely would cost a first at this point, especially given great. He, he skated with the team, but was not really close to returning in the playoffs. So there's still big question marks about his health going into next year. And yeah. And even if he's healthy, it's not like he's a guy who's, you know, consistently healthy anyway. So it could be another entry that pops up sometime. Yeah. Honestly, I think you may be looking at a first and the as retaining some of that salary. Yeah. So decisions are never easy (laughs) when it comes to those type of moves beyond just, obviously everybody here seems to love EJ as well, but it's uh, it's never fun to be in the GM hot seat in an off season where every move is uh, seemingly critical. Yeah, when you're expected to win the cup, every move gets, I guess, is going to be looked at a little bit closer. Yeah, exactly right. So that is the situation the Avs are in. Uh, I want to get into the bulk topic here. The main point. The main target the Avs could look at in a pre-expansion draft move, I think, is goaltender. Now, obviously, they'll be talking to Philip Grubauer. If Philip Grubauer wants to stay, they're not going to go out and get a goaltender. That's just how it's going to be. But if Grubauer wants to test the free agent market, if if Avs think he's going to price himself out of their range, there are a handful of options that they could look at. Um, Let's start with Dallas. I think they are the most realistic tandem that could be looking to move someone out between Ben Bishop and Anton Kudobin. Now, obviously Bishop has had his injury issues there, but if I'm Seattle, I'm looking at those two and I'm, I'm thinking pretty juicy options. Now, could the Avs swoop in and maybe help Dallas out a little bit, but also help themselves? (laughs) I don't know why using the word juicy made me laugh, but it did. (laughs) Um, yeah, if, did Ben Bishop play at all last year? I'm trying to remember. I don't feel like I he really did play at all last year. Remember him playing at all, but you, you know, they love to sneak him into like a game or two. Let me see. Yeah, no, not a single game. At all. Cause that would be the one guy. I'm not a huge Kudobin fan. I think a lot of it, uh, I, I, I don't really trust him, I guess, but sure. If, if Bishop was healthy, he would be a guy I consider. It's just that's such a risk coming off a year of not playing hockey at all. Plus, I think he has, he has two more years left, around $5 million. So you're banking on a guy who's entering his mid to late 30s. I think he's 34. 34 correct. Yeah. So you're banking on a guy to bounce back after missing a year of hockey. Um, the thing is, for several years before that, he was pretty much – consistently at the top of the league in terms of everything. So that would be the one guy I would center. If you knew he was healthy, I would, I would say, yeah, we could take a look at that and you might be able to, maybe you'll be able to get him on the cheap because of their situation. Right. They know if they hold on to a goalie, one's just going to get taken. Right. Yeah. So maybe, maybe you can find a little bit of value there. Um, you start looking around the league and there aren't a ton of goalies in that type of situation. Um, but you can find a few here and there. Uh, team like Florida has to make a decision uh, with what Dridger did this year. And obviously, look, if, if anyone wanted to go get Bobrovsky, first <laughs> of all, you're betting on 
a significant rebound and you're I'm I would just assume that Florida retains half. But <laughs> yeah. He makes 10 million, doesn't he? Yep. Oh wow. Nobody's touching that. <laughs> I think even if they retained half because he signed for the next 6 or 7 years, so it's just insane. Yeah. That contract looks horrendous. <laughs> You in, in here's one that doesn't have a big cap hit yet, but in Washington they have Ilya Samsonov as well as uh, Vitek Vanishek, Craig Anderson there as well. A bit of an interesting situation at the very least, though, because they have two RFA goaltenders now. This may be a move where it's probably not necessarily starting your solving goal, starting goaltender spot. But if you're looking for, if you're really trying to save money, maybe you can go get a Vitek Vanacek as your backup and move Francois out. That is, so you think they're going to, we're, I guess we're all assuming that they're going to protect Samsonov, but he has such a, Interesting year. It was up and down, to say the least. If, I mean, walk me through it then. If Samsonov's exposed, is that something you're interested in? Uh, based on pure talent alone, absolutely. And okay. obviously there's precedence here with the Avs using Washington as their feeder system. For <laughs> no years. doubt about that, yep. But that guy, had, he, he got COVID, and then yep. I think he's – it wasn't it wasn't always just injuries either i think they were kept him out for disciplinary reasons too like he had such an up and down year that you wonder what's going on there so uh, and venacek really saved their season like i think at one point he started like 20 straight games and kind of turned things around because craig anderson was i loved when he got in the playoffs and like experience experience that's what he has and they're just like just say it he's old like yep. it's an old guy like he's 40 yeah he's a so, man if Samsonov was an option, I would, I would talk to them because that's a. You just never know with goalies. Like you might hit the jackpot there because he's still really young, and really talented, and you just never know. Like especially with Francois, like no one knows what's going on there. I, I would, I would absolutely talk to Washington about Samsonov. All now, right. What they would what they would have to give up, I have no idea. And Vanacek is just he's another that's another one where goalies just come out of nowhere because he came up from the AHL and saved their season. And then all of a sudden their their season's over as soon as he gets hurt. Yep. So maybe that's more of a, an interesting decision for Washington than it is anything mm-hmm. uh, the Avs have to do and which goalie they protect. Yeah, I if they whoever they don't protect, I could well because they might have Oshie up front too. Because yeah, I think Oshie's getting exposed. But yeah, so they're they're going to have some options for Seattle to take. Which, but their goaltending situation, even if the Avs aren't involved, is going to be interesting to watch. Put Oshie on the back burner for a second. I want to get back to that in the third okay. period. But a couple other goalies, as Chat is mentioning, uh, I see people mentioning Halak possibly from Boston. The Boston situation, Halak is a pending UFA, so you know unless they're doing a a Carl Soderberg esque, give him a sixth if they're confident they can sign him type of situation. Just wait till he hits free agency, right? Yeah, 
That dude's been around forever and like consistently solid. Yep. He's uh he finds a way to get the job done, that's for sure. Yeah. Um a couple other conversations here. Freddie Anderson also a pending UFA, but uh a question here from Kevin. If you could get Freddie Anderson at three million versus Grubauer at six million, which would you take? That's tough because Anderson had such a horrible year. You have to feel <laughs> like Grubauer is probably the better goaltender right now. Yeah. Um, but it's it, it's really hard. It's really hard to skimp on the goaltender position as a as a cup contender, right? Yeah. It's really hard to Man, people had question marks about Grubauer going into the year. Imagine if the Az went in with like Anderson after his season he just had. Massive question marks there for sure. And it's it's such a shame because Anderson was so consistently solid for years, and then he just fell off the map this year. Yep. When he's about hitting unrestricted free, unfortunate for him, for sure. Yep. But that's a risk I don't I don't think you could take if you're the Avs. I unfortunately agree. Um, I I just don't see how the Avs skimp at the position. I think they probably just end up paying Grubauer. But yeah. there is especially, one... Go ahead. Especially as we go over these options, it's just basically take a chance on a young guy who hasn't developed, or old guys. Young guy who you don't know what you're going to get out of older guys who either just had a down year or is Ben Bishop and is always hurt. Yeah. There's, there is no perfect answer to any of these. Uh, chat mentioned Elvis Merzlikens. He is exempt from the expansion draft. So Columbus doesn't have to really worry about that. Um, Georgiev is the only goaltender that the Rangers really need to protect. So not, uh, not really going to be options, the last goaltender option I did want to get to, and this one technically Vegas is exempt from the expansion draft, but they are going to be pressed up against the cap. They do have Marc-Andre Fleury, and they do have Robin Leonard. Um, look, they're spending $13 million on their goaltending tandem. That is an insane amount of money. Everybody knew they were trying to move Fleury out desperately last offseason. Now... After a ridiculous career year from Flurry, is Leonard potentially out there as an option? Would there be a universe where the Avs would commit to one year of Flurry, probably cap retained by Vegas? How how realistic is considering one of one of Vegas's goaltenders? Um, I I think a lot of that would come down to what would Vegas want to give the Avs one of their goaltenders. If they they might be desperate to do so because of their cap situation, but yeah, it feels like Groundhog Day talking about Flurry again after last summer, yeah, right? Going over everything, so I would, if it came down to it, I would take a look at Flurry at one year, especially if they're going to okay. retain. Um, and yeah, that's. Because that's a proven guy who's coming off his best year in the NHL, and it's not a long-term commitment either. So you're kind of, you know, you're going for the cup that this one year, and with a guy who's done it before. So I would absolutely take a look at that. I don't know how much they would be willing. 
to retain on that, but you're looking at giving up a cheap young player for that guy. Um, I would, yeah, for sure. I'm trying to think what that would even cost. Like, a, I mean, I guess we're throwing out the same names again. Timmons, Cout, like those types of guys. I'm not giving up a Byram or a new hooker. That's for sure. Yeah, the, the, <laughs> I, I think uh, it's pretty well agreed upon that new hook and Byram at very least are off limits as far yeah. as, as trades are concerned. So, uh, wouldn't worry too much about them moving those two specifically. And, and I mean, that's the question, right? How much does Vegas value the cap space of, of getting to stick with one goaltender? Because you look at their situation, they have 6 million cap space heading into this coming year. They don't have a ton of spots to fill. They do have to either extend Alec Martinez or, or fill that defensive spot. But a couple of edge pieces like Yanmark and Nosek are hitting uh, UFA. Mm-hmm. However, Vegas has never shied away from making big moves in the offseason. So if they're looking to get another significant piece, they're probably going to have to free up some of that space on their, their goaltending tandem. And we saw in the playoffs as they uh, burned down against Montreal – Brought up some weird situations, swapping goaltenders in that uh, in that third round series. Absolutely, <laughs> I didn't even follow. Did Alan Walsh say anything after that? I don't know. I don't see. Um, but yeah, they're going to have to make some decisions because once again, they're like you said, this is a team that's not afraid to just go for it in the summer, and we all know where they're probably going to look is to find a center to yep. fill that top line. Um, but you can't find you can't do that if you don't have cap space to add anyone. So, Flurry is the of all these guys mentioned, he's the most interesting because one, it's not a long term commitment. We're looking at one year. Yep. Uh, and two, uh, obviously, he's coming off a career year, so it, he's probably the best goaltender we've mentioned, and he's won. So you're kind of answering pretty much every question. And if it comes down to Grubauer. I would think if the Avs are walking away, it's because of term. They don't want to give up however many years that a guy entering his peak years and free agency is going to ask for. Yeah. So then you go and get a guy for one year just to kind of stop gap, hold things over here. So he makes the most sense. I'm just, I have such a hard time seeing Vegas trading him here. He made it very tough on them after this year. Like there's no Mm -hmm. doubt about it. It, you have to be very savvy to see the year he just had and, and then flip him. And it may well be the right decision, but and that fan base loves that dude. Yeah, they do. So it'll be extremely interesting over on the Vegas side of it. Um, yeah. I, I don't think Byram or Newhook is moving. Absolutely. Not. Neither is John For one year. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, that'd be wild. Flurry on the ass. Oh, and McKinnon's got his number, so he'd have to take a new number. Sucks to suck, I guess. 
Uh, we can take our second period break there as we are brought to y'all by Hassel Cattle Company. Damn good beef to go with our damn good beer. They're running a buy three, get one free thing right now. So if you want three bone-in ribeyes or, or three fillets or three Wagyu uh, steaks, you name it, you can get three and get a fourth one free on your order. Why not jump on it? You can also get 10% off and use code DNVR10 at checkout. If you want to try it before you buy it, you can get the Wagyu burger down at the DNVR bar. They are absolutely delicious. Cannot recommend them enough. So check out HassleCattleCompany.com. If you use an order of over $200, get a little bit of group order going, you get free shipping as well. So jump on it, try them today, and then come down to the bar with the burger. Try Strava Craft Coffee Cold Brew because we have that as well. Your first order with them online gets you 25% off with code DNVR25. And when you sign up for their subscription service, you can get 20% off for life. CBD is awesome. Really helps me if I get achy joints after I go golfing. Can confirm. It's good stuff. And then when you're down at the bar, this all works out so great. You can just drive a couple blocks down Colfax there and hit up Solace Meds as well. You can order online with them with code DNVR20 to get 20% off. Schedule your thing for pickup. Makes it super easy to hit them up. Just go in, get what you need for products, and get out. You don't have to go in there and shop and do all of that. So check that out. They also have select deals ranging from 10 to 25% off on a bunch of various products in shop as well. June's almost over, so those will be changing over soon. But if you want to hit them up, you can get your great products right now with them. Highly recommend it. You get a free Solace Bar or King Cone, too, if you use the DNVR20 code for your checkout. All right. Third period of the DNVR Avalanche podcast. With the goalie situation, I think more or less talked out. Let's look at the forwards a little bit. I I already mentioned TJ Oshie, so let's just jump in there. I think he's one of the higher-end options have a good chance of being exposed uh, is there is there an interest there the the term obviously you're looking at a guy whose contract runs through 2025 and he's 34 yeah Oshi I didn't like him a lot when he was a younger player but he has developed since going to Washington I I think he's really become a good player but four more years of that I I'm not sure just the way he plays I just expect that body to break down here sooner or later okay and five and three quarter million it's that's a lot for a guy entering his late 30s that's that's not a commitment i would want to make moving forward with just considering the core of this team and how things are going to have to get paid moving forward definitely wouldn't be cheap i'm i'm looking at this and i'm trying to compare him to brandon sod a little bit right because Ostensibly, that's the spot you're replacing if you're going out and getting a forward on the trade market for Colorado. And it honestly matches up pretty darn well, at least as far as production-wise. Oshie, you can reasonably expect about 50 points out of. He'll probably miss about 10 games a year, give or take. Um, that's that's pretty bang on with what Saad is giving Colorado. Uh, maybe even a little bit more. Granted, 5.7 is not cheap. Obviously, the Avs had sod for a million off, so that was 5 million flat. Uh, it would be 
uh, I don't want to say it's tough because the Avs could probably send a contract back to Washington to find that space if they really wanted to. It wouldn't have to be a huge contract. Um, I I do think Oshie's a better player than Saad. Okay, but he's what thirty four, five, six years older than him. He's six, so yeah, you have to just realistically that there's going to be a slowdown here. You're hoping near for future. one, maybe two good years out of that deal. Yeah. yeah. And, you know, as much as sometimes I think it, we don't, we make less of a deal about it, but coaches really do want more right shots if they can get it. And he is a right shot and he can play center too. So yep. he does have a little bit more versatility in terms of where he can play in the lineup. But yeah, this, it's just a commitment I wouldn't want to make at his age or just without she makes, unless they took like a, you said take him back a contract. They took a comfer, then you're looking at what? There's a two and a half million difference there. Yeah. Then I maybe that's something I would certainly consider. So the uh, the major take I'm I'm getting from this is it's going to be super tight contract wise. Yeah. No matter what, to to try and work around Seattle is going to be incredibly difficult for teams because. Seattle's going to sit there and say, we can take on whatever contract we want. Basically. Our cap hit is zero right now. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah. Uh, I see chat getting into the Kuznetsov option. I mean, this falls into the same conversation as like a Kachuk, right? Would be great to have, would certainly make the Colorado avalanche better, but it would take a big type of move where the abs move out significant money to make it happen. Yeah, that's another guy with four more years. With you think Samsonov had an interesting year? Kuznetsov <laughs> had a big, very interesting year there. Yep, a little bit crazy. COVID deaths. <laughs> yeah, uh, hey, you know, go from uh, snorting rails to getting COVID twice. <laughs> the yep. Kuznetsov story. Anyway, <laughs> the name of the movie. Yeah. It, Look, there are some other cheaper options. For example, Matt Nieto, who just signed a two-year extension for quite cheap. Um, you know, I've, I've seen this fan base say more than once they should bring that guy back. So all I'm saying is he could be out there. It's so interesting what happens when a guy leaves. Because when he's here, you hear so much about, like, this guy shouldn't be in the lineup every night. And now yeah. they want him back. I, I liked Matt Nieto. Not a guy I'm eager to trade for, though. Yeah, for sure. Um, there seems to be a a glut of older players, particularly, I think, that are likely to get left exposed. The Avs know the situation with EJ, obviously, but you look at someone like Anaheim, you start having conversations about Adam Henrique, you start having a conversation about would have to be significant salary retained, but the last year of Ryan Getzlav. Oh no, I guess Getzlav's a UFA, right? Yeah. yeah. So that one would be a little bit different, but a lot of uh, a lot of dudes over the age of thirty potentially going to be out there. Um, it, it would be an interesting interesting take for Colorado because they have over the past handful of years gotten quite a bit younger on the whole 
So could we see the pendulum swing back the other way? Uh, it wouldn't surprise me, especially if they lose Sod. I think they're going to want to bring in maybe an older guy that kind of fills that role a little bit because he obviously added a lot to this team. So, it, yeah, it wouldn't surprise me if they want to go bring in another veteran. Um, not sure Adam Henrique is the guy making nearly $6 million yeah. <laughs> to be your third-line center. But absolutely, I think they are going to probably try to bring in a veteran just because you. I think Sackick knows you can't just have a team full of young young guys that they saw what Saad could bring and they brought him in and it worked. So I think they're going to want to fill that role if they can't keep Saad, especially if they lose like say Donskoy to unrestricted or to Seattle. Then I think they're going to want to bring in a veteran for sure. Okay. So you we've talked about Calgary before, but we mainly focus on the big pieces. If Calgary doesn't do anything before the expansion draft on the forward side, they're looking at exposing probably Mikhail Backlund. Um, they could expose a handful of other, other guys too. Maybe they want to expose Manji Apane instead. Um, they could they could protect Backlund too, I guess. If they is that really... you dreaming? You want Mangiapane exposed? I mean, I do, but I know they won't. Yeah. But it, Backlund, kind of the same situation, right? Thirty-two years old, making about five million dollars for the next couple of years. Can the Avs find a way to fit in Backlund another center? It's yeah, we're running into a theme here of older yeah. guys with old years left that are overpaid for the next three years. <laughs> yeah, because <laughs> Mikhail Backlund in his prime was an awesome shutdown center. Yeah, I'm not sure he's that guy anymore. So I just don't see how it works. I just don't. It's going to be so tough. Um, because if he was in his prime, they would be talking about a you know, exposing this guy. So right. there's a reason why his name is out there. And I don't think he's necessarily right now, a guy the F should be targeting. I don't necessarily disagree with you, but we've also seen, uh, they didn't really do it this year, but leading up in the last handful of seasons, they're never afraid to target reclamation projects. Now, granted those projects didn't have a $5 million tag attached to them, but, if the Avs see something they like in a player, they're not afraid to go out and give it a try. Yeah. Uh, like you said, it's, 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 it's different when you can go out and sign a reclamation project for free rather than having to give something up to commit to three more years at 5.3 or whatever you make. So uh, it, I wouldn't be surprised, but I think it's highly unlikely. Um, I, I do think that's a guy that they would probably – target just because of the way he plays like that type of style of player i'm just not sure if he's the guy yeah especially when as we've talked about before oh well maybe phil to hits free agency mm-hmm. other potential options there um but i think where these conversations do get more interesting is when you start talking about teams retaining calgary retains half of backland salary all of a sudden that guy's costing you 2.7 certainly more palatable at that point, right? Absolutely. I mean, three, if he was making in the threes for the next three more years, you can certainly live with that. 
Um, especially if you find a way to get rid of like a comfort contract, yep. it makes things a lot, lot easier. And, you know, I, Jost really developed in that third line center role, but I never got the idea that Bednar was like totally convinced that he's a center. When you sure. ask him a question, he's like, Oh, he's learning every day. He's getting better. But if they had a guy like Backlund, they would immediately drop him in at third line center and just move Jost back to the wing or fourth line. So, um, he would fill if he's if he was making less than that. Absolutely, I would. I'll, yeah, like you said, it all comes down to if teams are willing to retain because that changes the equation on pretty much everything. So, money makes the world go round is yeah. is what we've learned today. Basically, I, I like Backlund more than Henrik. I'll say that. Okay, so we're we're moving in the right direction for for GM <laughs> Evan. Yeah. <laughs> now, withhold that money. <laughs> Yeah, exactly. Um, I think we pretty much covered it, unless there's anyone that really stood out to you that you want to talk about. Not really. Uh, I think pretty much everything we said is it's going to be so tough for the Avs to do any of this. Because um, the so, goalie situation is just, yeah, it's just such a pendulum of who, who's available and who could help. and. Forwards would make the most sense because I think they have forwards that they'd be more willing to expose than obviously yeah. a defenseman. They're they're pretty yeah, set there's, there. There's just no way they can get the defenseman right. But when we go over the options, it's less enticing. Less, yeah, not so appealing. So perhaps the answer to our title question is no. Yeah, we <laughs> cannot take advantage yeah. of the expansion draft trademark. Forty-eight minutes later, we have come to the conclusion. <laughs> No. <laughs> well, we're going to fight. AJ likes Henrik more than Backlund. So. Ah. Now we know who's going to be part of y'all's be a GMs when we get to that part of the offseason. Yeah. There we go. <laughs> um, That's good. It's good to have yeah. disagreements on the group. <laughs> on occasion. Got it. You got to get him in there from yeah. time to time. Um, yeah. Other than that, I think. Obviously, goalie is the most volatile situation because every team can only protect one. So I'm not saying the Avs will be involved, but I think we'll definitely see some movement on that front at very least. Uh, Every day you inch closer, things get more and more interesting. Uh, At this point, I'm sure Seattle is already talking to teams about potential plans, so... Yeah, and I think Friedman just put out his 31 thoughts that said teams are just afraid to like take up their own expansion draft spots to make any trades. So Right. Yeah, we'll see how it goes. Friedman did say, obviously, that all these young defensemen think that they are better than that Shabbat deal. So, obviously, I think we all expected that, but there are some people out there that, in my mentions, that think Makar is going to get an 8x8 eight eight and just get that deal, and I think that's... If McCarr wants an eight by eight, you sprint that thing to the NHL head office. Yeah, sign it yesterday, for sure. Um, yeah, I'd I'd be shocked if McCarr makes that little. Fox is going to get paid big time as well. The the only one that maybe played himself out a little bit of money is is Hughes. Yeah, Heiskanen didn't even have a great year either. He didn't. That's true. Bring something a little bit different though, too, with the size. But, I mean, what else does Vancouver have on defense? That's Hughes's. <laughs> yeah, that's true. What he's got. So. His playground for sure. Um, yeah, so, look, 
I, as will continue to be the conversation, I think as long as the cap is flat in the NHL is, especially teams up near the top are going to find it hard to work around the cap. It's more going to be about cap management than anything else. So, yeah, this is such a weird time. We're playing hockey in almost July. This is usually the time of year where things are just going crazy. Yeah, we're you're in the heart of silly season right now, usually, but. I almost want teams are just like holding on to trades just because the finals are still going on. <laughs> yeah. Never know. You have TSN begging them to wait for their trade center show. Yeah. Or Duffy. <laughs> <laughs> All right. On that note, we are going to get out of here for the day. Thank you everyone for watching, listening, consuming the pod. Shout out the live chat, asking a bunch of great questions today. We appreciate all of y'all. Check us out on YouTube. We go live every single weekday. Uh, We will be back tomorrow, same time, same place. I don't know. Maybe we'll dive more into the expansion draft. Maybe we'll we'll look around the league for rumors. Maybe we'll maybe we'll just uh, ask chat questions. I don't know. We'll we'll see how we go. Appreciate all y'all. We will talk to you all tomorrow.